away, just two days away, and many families uh, are still split over a deep political divide. Ellen DeGeneres has one very brilliant idea on keeping the post-election peace at your holiday dinner table. Watch this. I really love that people come together for the holidays, but I know there's a lot of tension out there right now. So if you're planning a family get-together, there's a new service I think you should know about. Check it out. The 2016 presidential race was one of the most divisive in history. And there's one more big political clash still to come. Your holiday dinner. Instead of coming together, your family gathering is sure to explode into a bitter shouting match that ruins the season for everyone. Luckily, mobile moderator is here to help. Using your phone, you can order a professional moderator to manage your meal. Choose from seasoned pros like Anderson Cooper, Megyn Kelly, and Wolf Blitzer. Of course he should build the wall. They're coming across by the millions. It's nowhere near a million. Hillary should be in if prison. Just, she won the popular vote. Nobody Trump else would get away with deleting what he Mrs. did. Mrs. Douglas, with Trump Uncle Lou, if we could just please get back to the original question. Could someone please pass the salt? Your moderator will restore civility to the conversation. This broccoli casserole is so good. I think it's actually Wrong. Lucas, don't interrupt your sister. It's better than the sweet potatoes that you helped Wrong. make last. Leslie is speaking. And he'll make sure everyone gets an equal opportunity to talk. My feet were so sore. They were swollen and red. You should have seen them. They looked like beets. All right, you have five seconds. I thought it was because my purse was so heavy when All I right, walked. Pearl, she that's was enough. Said she, it that's enough, Aunt Pearl. That I wasn't getting enough art support. You're out of time. So I got Aunt these Pearl, inserts, which are like little cushions. But they also help with the odor. Did I tell you about the odor? Aunt Pearl, you're out of time. Plus, your moderator can serve as a fact checker. I heard that Barack Hussein Obama made it legal to steal things. That is completely false. Well, then who stole my glasses? Your glasses are on your forehead. Order your mobile moderator today. Hey, honey, why don't you tell everybody who you voted for in the election? Uh, voted for Gary Johnson. Oh, oh. All right, everybody, everybody quiet. I'm still with her. Excuse me. Excuse me, everybody quiet. Quiet. I'm Wolf Blitzer. Hey, good morning, Gretna family. It's Pastor Rob. I don't know if any of you have ever had a Thanksgiving dinner quite like what you just saw that was so volatile, I guess, that you would need a moderator. But I think it's probably safe to say that during this time of year, I, I, at this point, I guess I think we should just call it Hallow Thanksmas, right? That just kind of all runs together. But at this time of year, families gather more. We know that. We know they travel more. Kids come home from college. We go visit people. We spend more time together than maybe we do during the summer, just based on our traditions. We, we also know that it is a much more stressful time of year. The truth is, more people commit suicide during this time frame than any other part of the year. It's it's challenging. It's it's stressful. And even if you're not actually physically having a dinner like that, that is so intense, you need somebody to arbitrate. <laughs> At the very least, I think you can. Most of us can understand what it's like to be that stressed. 
the the holidays do that. Sometimes we're just doing too much. We've got too many things on our calendars, too many events, or too much travel going on when we normally wouldn't do those things, so our schedules are kind of disrupted. Some of us get stressed because we we eat or drink or or spend too much money, and and those are those are stresses that not only are with you in the moment, but are also with you days, weeks, months, and maybe even years afterwards. There's even something called seasonal affective disorder, where people who um, actually the lack of exposure to the sunlight actually changes the chemical makeup of of what's going on in your body, and it creates depression. There's also some like me that are introverts and so being together too much can be stressful for me on the other hand there's my wife (laughs) who thinks we're together not enough right because she's an extrovert and that's kind of how she's wired either way you can find yourself in the stressful end of things so though i don't think most of us have experienced a thanksgiving dinner like that although some of us probably have i think sometimes we can feel like we need a moderator, maybe not at the dinner table per se, but at various points throughout the holidays when stresses are high and people say things that maybe they wish they wouldn't or they have an inflection in their voice that they shouldn't have and and it gets a little crazy. The thing is, most of those times happen when we're in close quarters and we're in close quarters when we're around the table, when we're sharing a meal together or when people who are together that aren't normally together that's that's when those times happen and there are considerably more of those times during this season where large groups gather to share a meal together at the same table than they do really any other time of year so we're about to start a series as we work our way through hallow thanksmas (laughs) called at the table where we really explore what this time at the table should be it should be a time for joy a time for unity a time for laughter and for love but i think in order to do that we have to not just make it our table we have to make it god's table and you might say what is God's table. Actually, scripture speaks of it. In Psalm 23, one of the most popular songs in the world, as just after David, the psalmist, speaks about going through the valley of the shadow of death, this difficult, hard, hard, hard time, he says in verse 5 of, of Psalm 23, he says, you prepare a table, there's that table, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. God's table that he's setting for David, this place where he can find refuge, that he can find strength, that he can find protection and abundance, when maybe in the moment he doesn't feel like it's there, it's present. God's table, we also see show back up with Jesus at the Last Supper, that time that he spends with his disciples just before the day he is crucified, where he anoints them and he washes their feet and he announces his intention much to their horror. And and he chooses to do that around the intimacy of a table as they dine together. Because again, that's when those things happen. Even as the church begins to come to life in Acts chapter 2, we see them sitting together. It says, in fact, in verse 46, it says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, right? 
And here's the key. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. They were together every day sharing a meal at a table. And it says every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. See, when we are at God's table, when he's with us in the midst of our gatherings, we when we are with him and each other, something miraculous happens to us and oftentimes can happen through us. It is God's provision comes to life. We get to see God's plan, these relationships that he's built between us all, because believe me, they're not coincidental. They're there for a reason. And even God's presence as we sense a peace when we invite him to be at the table with us. And I'll be frank, it is my hope this holiday season that we will gather together often, maybe even more often, and this is an introvert talking, maybe even more often than we have in the last couple of years for sure, just because of concerns with COVID. And I'm not saying we should pitch that out the window. I am saying we miss an opportunity when we're not able to be together with one another and with God. But I hope we invite him to our tables as we meet together. And that begins, I think, for us with appreciating his provision, what God does in fact provide us. He has provided and continues to provide us each and every day. To do that, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. If you'll read along with me, I'm going to read out of the Christian Standard Bible. It says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to the span, to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. There's his provision. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I think intrinsically we know that. We know that each day has enough trouble of its own as we deal with just the challenges of life sometimes. But we do have a tendency to worry, especially about those basics. The basics that he refers to here a couple of times, food, clothing, and I would argue shelter too, right? Food, clothing, and shelter, those are the basic things that give us safety and security. But he tells, he says, don't worry about that. And he adds an admonition in verse 27. He asks a blunt question, can any of you add one moment to his life by worrying, right? Is it going to make your life longer or is it going to make your life better is the implication as well if you are busy worrying. Worry is something that I, I, I'm really frankly good at. <laughs> I, I do it well and I'm concerned 
oftentimes that things aren't perfect. Even on Sunday mornings when we gather together or, or an, an online digital service like this, truth be known, I probably record this probably six, seven times, <laughs> trying to make sure it's right, trying to make sure I don't mess up or go off tangent or say something I, just weird. It's like that doesn't connect to the message because I want it to be right. And the truth is, if I was just willing sometimes to just trust that God would get the message to you almost in spite of me, right? We'd probably all be better off. <laughs> if we could find a way as we're preparing for these meals together, this time together, if you're one of those people that's hospitable, that you, you want those folks into your house and you give good gifts and you go out of your way to make sure everything, the food is right, the deck decor is right, maybe the music is right, the ambiance is right. Man, I love that you are one of those people who has that heart. But there is a line. There is a line and a place where you have to recognize if you're really our family and friends together, it doesn't have to be perfect. The value comes in just being together. And, and that's where peace comes in. God accepts us to his table, broken, wholly imperfect, right? Not right. And yet he provides us and offers us peace that comes when we, we sit with him, when we are reading his word or praying or just letting him work on our hearts and minds and providing a peace in the midst of the storm and kind of the eye of the storm. That's what happens at God's table when he is there. It also, God's table also gives us perspective. It says, don't worry in verse 31, don't worry what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. My wife uh, uses a phrase, she says, enough is as good as a feast. Enough is as good as a feast. We uh, are very blessed in this country to live in abundance. But sometimes when we live in abundance, we don't depend on God maybe as much as we should. In the book of Exodus chapter 16, we see the Israelites as they are moving across the desert uh, away from slavery and towards the promised land, towards the place that God has set out for them. And as they're on this journey, the Lord decides in Exodus chapter 16, after hearing their cries about the need for food, the need to be um, properly nourished as they're making this trip, he rains manna from heaven rains it down on them, but he, he gives them some guidelines. He says to them in verses four and five of chapter 16 of Exodus, he says, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be a sight? The people are going to go out, listen to this, each day and gather enough for that day. This way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. There is a desire, I think, built in for us to want to have more, right? To want to have safety and security, more food, more people, more strength, more whatever, more, more, more is part of who we are. When the fact is God calls us to live at peace and perspective, to understand that he is going to provide, to give him, honestly, to give him an opportunity to provide. I think, I think we struggle with that. I think we struggle with that, especially here in the United States. I was looking at a, a recent set of statistics around food consumption, calorie consumption on the average daily. 
um, in all the 172 countries in the world. And the United States was number one um, at 3,800 calories a day average, twice the recommended daily allowance. And I, don't I know it, right? But 3,800 calories a day. Number 81, about halfway down the list, Japan, for example, was only 2,800 calories. That's a full 1,000 calories less. And Eritrea, which was dead last, was 1,590, so less than half the number of calories that we take in. We have this capacity to want more, to want extra, to want excess. And the truth is, God says, look, if you've got enough, that's as good as having a feast. If you've got enough food to get through the day, I'm providing for you every bit as good as I would if I was throwing all kinds of things at you. The, the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, uh, love the, the book of Ecclesiastes because he repeatedly, this is written from the perspective of Solomon, the man who had all the money, all the wealth, all the everything he could ever wanted. Remember it says he was dressed in all of this splendor in our passage today. He had everything he could have ever wanted. And he's writing at the end of his life going, you know, at the end of the day, none of those things really mattered all that much. I had way more than I needed. If we are really inviting God to our table, then we become confident in God's eternal provision. The fact that he is there, he is providing. And if we're realistic and honest, especially in this country, the vast majority of us have food, clothing, shelter, and transportation. We are so incredibly blessed. We just don't often spend enough time thinking about that and just sitting there, remembering, and being blessed for what we do have rather than what we maybe don't. And we can begin to better appreciate the provision that God has offered. God's table also represents protection it represents protection. Remember we said God's table up front. David is, is sitting in, in, in the midst of this challenge, this difficulty, and, and, and God prepares a table for him, gives him security, protects him, covers him, watches over him. I, I understand that sometimes in this world, even those of us who are followers of Christ, he never promises life's gonna be easy, that we will always be protected from in a physical sense that things will never go wrong. The Bible doesn't promise that. It says, in fact, rain falls upon the just and the unjust. Things go wrong in all of our lives because we live in a broken and busted world. But if God has laid down his life, right? Sent his son to die for us, to provide protection for our souls, not just in this life, but in the next, when we're sitting at his table, we're able to recognize that. When he is with us, we are able to recognize that he, he is present, that how much more are we worth to him than the flowers of the field that he provides? That he provides not just the material things we need now, but a home, a house with many rooms, as Jesus tells his disciples he's going to build for all of eternity. He has protected our souls, those who follow Jesus Christ. Just sit with that for a second. Because when we are confident in God's eternal provision, right? 
we are less consumed with losing something today in the here and the now. The truth is the political arguments that were seen in that video, most of those political arguments, they're really driven by fear and anger at the concept or the, the prospect of losing something here on this earth. When the truth is God, God says, look, I know what you need and I'm, I'm here. I'm offering it for you. All you have to do is lean into it and appreciate it. And I will carry you not just through this life, but into the next and all of eternity. God's table also encourages us to value the moment we are in. Because there's one commodity in this world that we will never get back, and that is time. It says in verse 34 of our text today, it says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. The problems of tomorrow will come tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Live in the moment, whatever that moment is. If you have an opportunity to gather with family and friends over these holidays, take a minute when you're in one of those settings to just sit back and listen. Sit back and, and maybe, maybe look at each person and think to yourself, I love this about this person, they're so funny. Or I really miss them, I, I need to call them more often, I need to see them more often, what a blessing they are in my life. Or this one I remember pulled me out of a ditch, right? Got me out of a bad time or a problem in my life, wow. What a blessing they were to me. And my parents tried so hard to do their best to raise me. What a blessing they are to me. Take a moment to be in the moment. It's, it's interesting. Studies seem to show that in our world of constantly running around taking pictures of everything, we forget to be in the moment, to really experience the moment. But when, when we are at God's table, when we invite him to join us in our gatherings, we, we find it much easier to just sit back and see things from his perspective, to try to see the beauty that he has created, the opportunity that he has created, and to live in the moment. And he promises us when we are at his table, he loves us, He's providing for us. And I encourage you to carry that with you as you leave this time today and throughout this season of hallowed thanksmas, I suppose. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and he be gracious to you. May he grant you favor and give you peace. God bless.